Okay, I want to start the teaching today. We're going to talk about no sloppy living for me. We're tired of living sloppily, this Christian walk. We're God's kids. Amen. Anytime God wants to interrupt and say anything, I give him my permission. Amen. But I want to go back because I want this for the sake of the tape today of what we taught last week. And we taught on the spirit, soul, and the body, and the body being our, um, our vehicle in the earth that the spirit lives in. But I had mentioned last week when we were teaching that Mark eleven twenty three, where it said, For verily I say unto you, thou, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So what I taught last week was that I, that I do believe in my heart. I have no doubt. I absolutely have no doubt in my heart. And I believe that Jesus carried all of these things to the, to the cross. And so he said, if I would believe it and say it with my mouth, I could have what I say. So what I was questioning God about one Sunday night, two weeks ago, was, okay, I believe all this, and I am speaking it. So why am I not getting it? Why am I not having what I, what I say? And so that was last week's, but I want it on today's tape. And so what he showed me was the spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Don't you love the way they're connected? Because they really are. Anyway, and he said... He said, what I need for you to do is to get what's in your spirit over to the body. That's the ultimate goal, girls, of the Word of God, is to get what he says, as far as healing is concerned, that's what we taught on, from what's in her spirit over to this body. And I was asking him, how do I transfer by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed? You sent your word and healed me. How do I transfer that? That was my very words. To the body. And he said, it's not how you transfer it. Talking about my individual self. It's not how you transfer it. But he says, it's what's stopping it. And he told me what was stopping it was right here. It was what's in the soul. Amen. And so that's what we taught last week, but I wanted to go further with that this week because I'm telling you, I've, I've been thinking and meditating on this, girls, and I believe in the name of Jesus you're going to get a hold of it. The Holy Spirit is not going to leave you alone. The way you get a hold of it is to meditate what he said and ask yourself, you know, why am I not having what I say? God can show us that, God. <laughs> I'm sitting on my chair over here. I've got a, a man sitting over here because I wanted, wanted a distinction. Did you know that God is here really in per Actually. And so I want you to realize that God is here. He's hearing us. He was present during our praise and worship, and he has not left. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. He is the revealer of truth. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you what you need to do to get rid of the stoppage and get what you need over to this body. Receive it. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you. Ask him. He'll tell you, okay? So, uh, 
Romans 14, 17. I'm going to go there real quick. Most of you know what that says, but sometimes we don't read the 19th verse. And I'm going to read it also. Do y'all want your Bibles? You can go get them if you want them. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is something. The kingdom of God is righteousness, which means right standing with God. It is righteousness and it is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Well, that'll teach right there, approval of men. But I'm going on to verse 19. Let us, that's you, that's me, follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So we're to follow after those things that make for peace. That means that soul has got to start following after things that make for peace, such as those television shows and those movies and those whatevers, whatever it is that's occupying the peace in your... I mean, that's why I can't watch those kind of things anymore because when I watch some of those old type movies, you know, the blood guts and all that kind of stuff and horror, and I never was into the horror thing. But it takes me back to where Wade suffered. It takes me back to seeing him laying there. I can't afford that. So, because they rob my peace. So I don't watch those things anymore because they rob my peace. And they rob my joy. And so... You may not have experienced anything like I'm talking about, but there are things in your life that that's that type of things will rob your peace. And he says that we're to follow after the things that make for peace. Amen? Praise God. Now then, in Matthew chapter 6, I'm just going to read that real quick before we get into the other. Verse 30, let's see. Uh, Verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now he's talking, when he's talking about that, he's talking about you being really, you know, uptense about it. I mean, it's bothering you. What are we going to eat? Well, I'm telling you what, if things get so bad on you, if things get so bad in this earth before Jesus comes, Karen Wilkins, I mean, she's got enough can to feed us all. I've got a fish pond in the front yard. I've got cattle in the field. Her garden is, oh, Lord, she feeds me. Her eggs, I'm, I just eat more eggs than I've ever eaten in all my life because she's bringing me so many eggs. I'm doing everything with them. I'm fixing to make you, uh, what is that thing I make that we had for ladies ago? The tort. I've got that on my mind. And it is so good. But, We can feed. I'm not uptight about it because God has provided. And you know what? We may have to provide for other people. We may have to be their source, praise God. Okay. But he says, for after all these things, 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 do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Do Do you not provide for your kids 
the things that they need. Well, our Heavenly Father provides for us. He knows what I need. That's why he told me to start seeing what was up here. That was stopping what's in there from getting to here. Amen? He knows what I need to do. He need, knows what I need to take care of. He knows what I need to get rid of in my life or what to take authority over. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then he says, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow, he says, shall take thought of itself. In other words, he says, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Because I know whatever tomorrow holds, I can handle it. I have knowledge. You know, one of the scriptures that Susan read the other day, Sunday I think it was, about knowledge, it meant uh, seeking to know. One of the definitions of that. So, sufficient under the day is the evil thereof. But the thing you've got to understand, and I know I teach this all the time, is seek ye first the kingdom of God means to seek the way the kingdom works. That's exactly what that means. You've got to seek the way the kingdom works. And so, I want you to start seeking the way the kingdom works. Okay, now we're going to get into Romans 12. The Holy Spirit has taken me back to Romans 12 and verse 1. And we're going to start there as far as dealing with the body and spirit, soul, and body. So, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, who's the real you? Right there on the end, the spirit. You're the spirit. He, I, I, to present your body, you are to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's a sensible thing to do. Okay? Now then, I'm going to read that out in the Amplified. I appeal to you, brethren, and beg of you. You know this must be pretty important. And I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. To make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, and intelligent service and spiritual worship. It's a spiritual worship when we present our bodies to God. He says, you know, if you and I want to live long on this earth, we need to do this. We need to present our bodies to God, okay? So I've got the three ladies up here, which are the spirit, soul, and body. So the Holy Spirit is saying to you, spirit, for you to take into, into consideration the mercies that God has had. That's his instructions. For you to take into consideration the mercies that God has had towards you. 
and for you to make a decision to dedicate. Praise God. All the parts that went off in my spirit that we are to, to present all the parts of this body to God. That's what the Amplified says. Now, I want to give you an example of me. I was having some issues. I, I don't like having to use me, but I want you to know I have to use this word. I don't stand up here and teach you something that I'm not using. Okay? So, um, I was having some issues in my stomach with food for about a week. And last week when I was teaching you, I had so much pain in my stomach. And I sat there taking authority over it. And I didn't say anything. I did not say anything to anybody. I did not tell my daughter about it until way afterwards. <clears throat> Mother! <clears throat> I said, no. I said, I'm over it. It left. Okay. And so food had got to where every time I would eat it, I would have pain in my stomach. There for about a week. And so... He said to me, present your stomach and digestive tract to him. Be specific. Boy, that went off to me. Because what did that Amplified say? It said to present every part, part of your body. I thought, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here's what the Message Bible said. Here's what I want you to do. This is the message Bible. God helping you. I thought, thank you for that. Take your everyday life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Not a sacrifice. Why? An offering has a return. An offering has a harvest on it. So he's saying, take everything about you, every part of your life, and present it to God, a living sacrifice. Don't become, this is still the message, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. How many times, as far as our body and things that we put in it, have we... I eat stuff without even thinking. Why? Because it's become a habit. We do things without thinking, okay? So instead of fixing your attention on, instead fix your attention on God. And you're going to be changed from the inside out if we fix our attention on him. Okay, so I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm going to read that. Verse 23. And the very God of peace. <laughs> sanctify you wholly. That means completely, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. First Thessalonians 5 and 23. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit, whole soul, and whole body be preserved blameless. Woo, doggies. 
unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Woo, glory. Okay, so. So now, after the real you, the spirit man, presents your body God to God, what is God's response going to be? The word holy means he will sanctify every part so that you should be perfect in every respect. One commentary describes man as a compound being consisting of body, soul, and spirit. So now what I want the spirit man to do is to take your body. And I want you to present it to God. Okay, body. I mean, spirit. Let's get that on tape. Father, I want to present to you my body and all of its functions. The bones, muscles, its nerves, arteries, veins, and a variety of other vessels in which the blood and other fluids circulate. Hallelujah. Woo, that's good. I received that, God. Well, now, okay, you've done that. You stay right here because... I mean, God's been teaching me. I'm telling you, God's been dealing with me. Now then, you just presented all of these parts to God. What is God's response? I receive the body preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Got anything to say about that, God? I do. I like the the word sanctified. You said to make holy, Mm -hmm. Mm H-O-L-Y. And then he said... uh, I will sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, like yes. you said. What I loved is absolutely perfect. Yes. Not just perfect, but absolutely perfect. And I love what Miss Bonnie was saying in 22. The reason we abstain from all appearances of evil is to, it brings us into alignment with what God wants to do in our life. A, a religion will say, Abstain from appearances of evil because you're earning. You're trying to earn that. But the reason we abstain from that is to keep our minds guarded of what the the will of God is for our life. Yes. One more thing. I want to keep talking, God. We're listening. Okay, Matthew 18 and 18. Yes. When you started talking about the the man being a three-part. Yes. Let me get there quickly. Jesus said, Matthew 18 uh, and 19, he said, again, I say unto you that if two of you agree, mm-hmm. agree. Now, I thought to myself the other day, now, what if I'm by myself? <laughs> well, God, God. he kind of put a play on words here. He said, well, you're a three-part being. Yeah. That's good. If two of you. Yes. So my soul is going to align either with what the spirit's saying or it's going to align with what my body is saying. Okay, hold it right there. Yep. Spirit man, you left something behind. <laughs> okay, go get that soul. You need, you need to present that soul. 
You know, because sometimes you're off by yourself and you don't have another human there to agree with you. Because he said here that the very God of peace right. is going to set apart, set you apart holy, W-H, the complete being, spirit, spirit soul, soul, and, and body. body. He's going to set all three parts of you, right. sanctify you and set you apart. Yep. And he said you're all three parts of you will be preserved blameless. Your three parts are going to be preserved blameless until Jesus comes. Woo, that's shouting ground. Okay. Well, why don't you just go ahead and present the way you think you ought to, Spirit, your soul. I didn't give you any script. Okay. (laughs) I not only present my body, but I dedicate my mind, my soul, my will, my emotions, all all that. I present that to you as well. Okay, God. I receive it. (laughs) I receive it. (laughs) So what's your response to that? Are you happy? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. Or is it because you're going to see changes in in, in the soul and the spirit, I mean the soul and the body. That's right. See, that pleases him. It says it pleases God when we do this mm-hmm. because he knows what's going to happen in that soul and in that body when That's we right. present it to him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Praise you, God. <laughs> okay, y'all can be seated, girls and God. Can I say one more thing? Yes, you can say anything. Yes. The other thing that occurred to me was, which one's speaking louder? Is is my spirit? Am am I speaking louder? Yes. I am a spirit. Mm -hmm. But am I listening to my body because it's speaking louder? Yes. Yes. So I'm not going to listen to my body? No. Okay. But we have to respond. We have to respond to to what the body is saying. And it has to be the word of God. It has to be. He sent his word and healed me. We're going to have to get tough on it, girls. We've got to get tough spiritually, and we've got to make that soul quit listening to the aches and the pains. They're, they, they're real. Yes, they are. They're real. Pain hurts. Yes. There's all kinds of pain, emotional, physical, yes. spiritual, all kinds of pain. And, that, and pain is real. But Jesus took what to the cross? Our pains and our sorrows and all of that to the cross. See him in your imagination. See Jesus with all of this on him and walking away to the cross with it. Let your imagination go into effect and see him doing that. And as you see him doing that, see it leaving you. Amen. Amen. Okay, praise God. This is good. Y'all are good spirit, soul, body, and God is good too. Okay, God, you don't have to leave if you don't want to. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay, so that <coughs> he's got to go to work. Okay, yes. So First Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter, 3, chapter 5, verse 23, in the Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown says, Now after the real you, the spirit man presents his body holy. He will sanctify every part So that you should be perfect in every respect. That's what he said in in, uh, verse 23 there. He said he was going to sanctify every part of your body. It's going to be set apart. 
sanctified. And the important thing to me is it's blameless. He's going to preserve it blameless. Praise God. And I haven't really done any study yet on that part of being preserved blameless. I'm sure there's some truth in there that we need to dig out. And you're, it's, but it's going to be preserved blameless until Jesus comes. It's, in, it's being preserved, all you canners and all of that. You can think about the word preserved and what you do with your, your food and how that might have be, come into effect there. Okay. The word holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, means he will sanctify every part. And we just illustrated that, okay? So, one commentary describes man as a compound being consisting of a body, a soul, and a spirit. And then this commentary went into explaining some of that. It says that a body, number one, the body. I thought that was interesting. He put the body first. What was created first? The body. It had no life in it. God looked at himself and Jesus and Holy Spirit. And he saw that big old clump of dirt down there. And he said, I think I'm going to form me a man just like me. And he did. So what you saw standing before God breathed life into it was a body. It was a body, but it was created in God's image. That ought to help us, hadn't it? So the body is an organized system. Formed by the creative energy of God out of the dust of the earth, composed of, this is where Joan, uh, June came from, it is composed of bones, muscles, nerves, and arteries, veins, and variety of other vessels in which the blood and other fluids circulate. That's what is composed in this body. And until God Help that body up, and he breathed into it a, the breath of life. Nothing, none of these things was functioning in that body. Nothing functioned, not until life came into it. And then when the life came into it, the eyes began to blink, they began to see, it began to hear, it began to, muscles began to move, it could walk, it could talk, it could do all these things. But until God breathed life into it, it was nothing but a body. The body responds to the life that comes from the spirit. Quickens your, that's good. Quickens your mortal body. It, the spirit of God, I'm trying to think how that verse goes. If the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, that spirit will do what to your body? Quick it. Hallelujah. It will quicken it. It will bring it to life. It will bring every blood, every vessel, everything that is made up in this body, it's going to quicken it. Praise God. My body is being quickened because the Spirit of God dwells in me. And like I said, I presented my stomach and digestive tract to him. And you know what? They have to function properly because God's in there. The Spirit of God's in there. We got to be spiritually stubborn. That's right. Spiritually stubborn. Amen. Because your, your head is going to cry something else. Your body's going to cry something else. And you know what? That body is crying what it is feeling. 
But the word of God says we shall not walk by, by sight or feeling. And when he says by sight, he's talking about the five physical senses. We are not supposed to live our life here on this earth by the five physical senses. They're real. They're important. But we, but we live by the word of God. Amen. If you don't know the word of God, it's not going to do you any good. You're going to be moved. Okay, and the second part was, the commentary describes this, the soul. It is the seat of the different affections and passions, such as love, hatred, anger, and this type of thing. with, With sensations, appetites, and propensities of different kinds. Now that I want to read to you, I want to go to Psalms 124. I just discovered this the other day, this particular scripture. Something from what was being taught, and I did a cross-reference right in the middle of the teaching that Susan was doing. Psalms 124, verse 7 and 8. Are you listening, soul? Okay. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now we know, I'm kind of taking that out of context when I was talking about Israel there, but, but apply that to your soul. What has taken you captive? Is it food? Is it Facebook? Is it TV? What is it? It it can be, you know, not studying the word. It could be so many things. It could be busyness. Busyness could be something. But he says, my soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. And the snare is broken and we are escaped. Now, I wrote down, I want to apply this to my soul and and confess that my soul and everything in my soul has escaped the influences and traps of the enemy. Amen? The snare is broken and I am free. The name of Jesus has set me free. That's what he says here. He says, our help is in the name of the Lord. Jesus has set my soul free. I loved that scripture. Now then, he gets to the spirit here. The third part. The Im- he says it's the immortal principle, the source of life to the body and to the soul. That's the spirit, man. That's the real you. That is the source of life for your body. The spirit, man. Praise God. The apostle prays that this compound being, this is back to that commentary, The apostle prays that this compound being, in all its parts, all its powers and faculties and all parts, everything that constitutes man may be sanctified and preserved blameless until the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what we just read in that particular scripture. Okay, so each part is capable of being sanctified is what the commentary said. Each part is capable of being sanctified. The spirit, soul, and the body. 
is, is capable of being consecrated in all its powers to God and made holy. I love that, that all three of your parts, spirit, soul, and body, is capable of being consecrated to God, of being consecrated to all the powers of God, is what that one translation says. This sanctification being set apart is not for after death, but is for now, is for today. It's why we live here on this earth. This sanctification and being set apart is for now. We don't have to wait till after death. We need it now. Amen. So let's deal with the body here. Let's go to Romans 6, verse 11. Likewise, let me get here. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But, that word but is very important. But reckon yourself to be alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Now, that could be part of the blockage of receiving the healing in our body is that we have let sin reign. Now, only you know what sin that could be. He says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments or as weapons, you might say, of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Every part of our being, we need to yield as our, these as instruments for God to use unto righteousness. This says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, he says, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Sin cannot have dominion over us. Why? Because we can confess our sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Amen. He says, neither yield your members as instruments unto sin. Now, you have to let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that. So whatever part of us, what am I yielding unto sin? Good question, isn't it? Now, I can't answer that for you, but I can answer it for me. What part of me am I yielding unto sin? And then he says, Do not let sin rule in your mortal body so that it makes you to obey its desires. I cannot afford to let sin reign in my body so that I obey the body's desires, okay? Or obey the desires that whatever, my mind, my body. You know, we can force a change in our desires. We can force a change in our desires. I'm doing that. There's different areas that I am forcing changes in as far as my desires. What do I really, really desire? But, you know, it takes an act of our will, right? 
Is this really what I desire? Is it really what I desire? So we, you know, God said he would give us the desires. But what that meant was he would give us the desires that he wants us to have. Not that he's going to give you every desire that you want. But he's going to give us the desires. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Okay. And verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now that word agreement means to be in harmony with. To, to consent to, okay? So what agreement hath this temple where God dwells? What, you know, what agreement do I, should it have with idols? And, and idols is such a, a wide term. You know, it's not Buddha most of the time, not for the Christian world. But this body can have idols. This mind can have idols. And we should not be in agreement with what idols are up here or what idols that our body might have. Because he said, I'm, I, I am his temple. And he says, I will live in you and I will walk in you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. So think of yourself. Every step you take, God is in there. He says, I'm going to walk in you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to talk to you. So imagine that, having God inside, walking everywhere you go and talking. He talks to us too. But people won't listen the soul will override what the spirit is trying to tell them. Anybody that has any kind of addiction. You know, we think drugs, there is no way on this earth I would be addicted to drugs. Well, really. I'm not going to answer that. Your mind's already going there. Are we? What was the very thing that the devil used on Adam and Eve. Food. And we have accepted it. We've just accepted it. And, and sometimes it becomes an idol to us if we bow, bow to that all the time. But like I said, that's the Holy Spirit it's in your business. Okay. So the complete Jewish Bible says, where it says, what agreement hath a temple with, with idols in that he would dwell in us and walk in us. The, the uh, Jewish Bible says, I will house myself in them. Glory to God. I will house myself in them. His presence. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we need to really put our imagination on that. I will house myself. I will, God told me, I'm going to house myself in you, Bonnie. Wow, think about that. Praise God. 
This body's the temple of God. It deserves my respect and honor. I need to honor this body by taking care of it. Amen. Okay, now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at verse 24, I think, here. Okay. Know ye not that they which run in a race. Now, you're all familiar with this, but you need to think about it. Okay. Don't you know that they which run in a race run all. Now, he's using this, a race, as an example. But one, only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And what that means is run in such a way that you can obtain your goal. Run in such a way. He says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it, those that are running a race, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do it for an incorruptible crown. I, therefore, Paul speaking here. Here's his decision. Remember, we're supposed to make a decisive decision. I, therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. In other words, what he's saying is I run with a purpose. I make these changes with a purpose in mind. What is my purpose? Is it health? You know, I'm not against diets. But why do you diet? I'm against the purpose. And most people diet and change everything to lose weight. I'm making changes for health purposes. So it's a difference because they're going to always be dieting. Always be dieting wanting, because you're always wanting to lose weight. And until you get the body under control, you're going to be doing that, trying the next newest thing like the new pill they got out on. I'm telling you, that just beats anything I've ever heard of. Oprah. It's a pill on a treadmill. That's what she says. It's a pill like on a treadmill. I thought, you got to be crazy. What is she thinking? And people are falling for it right and left. Quick fix. But it's all about weight. Listen, this body is not all about weight. Let me tell you, if we will present this body to God, the weight is going to take care of itself. I am not dieting. I have presented my stomach that I needed to. I'm presenting my legs because there's a scripture that talks about the legs, strength in the legs. I presented every part of your body that you need to present. Let the Holy Spirit tell you, you present it to God. You're not going to have to worry about weight. Is that good, Brenda? That nutritionist back there. You just don't have to be concerned if we got everything in order. Look at things differently, praise God. Okay, where did I, did I go to 1 Corinthians 9? Did I ever get there? Okay. Yes, I did. I'm still there. But Paul said, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. 
Into subjection. What? To what? To the word. To me presenting it to God. I've got to see that I have presented my body to God. Every portion of it. My eyes have been presented. I present to God. I present my eyes to you. Amen. And I keep under my body. Okay. So he says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. I, I bring it into subjection to my presentation of it to you, Father. Okay. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Well, you know, people are watching. And people are listening. I get so tired of all these different diets. I get so tired of hearing it. Well, I lost so much pounds this week. Well, so what? I may have, but I'm not telling you how much I lost. Amen. What are you you seeking people's approval? That's listen, that's pride. There's so much to that. Keep it to yourself and let it be seen. Well, I don't know where that came from. Lord, was that you who spoke that? But don't you, you know, it's always, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, and I've lost this much this week. Well, praise God, I'm glad you did. But you better watch it. It'll be right back if you're just dieting. You've got to present your body. Amen. Okay, the Message Bible, this is really good teaching, y'all. But you've got to still love me. When God ministers to me and he says, I can teach it, I teach it. Amen. Okay, so here's the Message Bible on 1 Corinthians chapter 9. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. And verse 26 says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. That's where I got my title, Tanya. So that's what I'm after. No sloppy living for me. That's the message Bible. I'm staying alert and in top condition. And I'm not going to get caught napping. Telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Praise God. I'm not going to be caught napping. Now then, every person in here is on a different level with your body and with your lifestyle and all of that. And so, but give it all you got. Give it all you got. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Get before God. That's what I do. My best times at night when I'm in bed. I mean, I just talk to him, my Father God. And this is where this all came from. Was my private conversation with God. He started, when I started asking him questions about, it started with, why am I not having what I say? That's where every bit of this came from. Was my conversation. I literally stayed awake all night that Sunday night talking to God. And him telling me, stuff. keep you a pen and paper in your bed. Keep it in your bed because those thoughts come. Why? Because you're not too busy. You're not too busy. And I love it. I love it when I love instructions. 
I love correction because God does it right. Now, it's up to me what I do with that. So I'm not going to be caught napping. Okay. Now, Satan doesn't want us in control of our flesh. He wants us slaves of our flesh because the flesh is his territory. Right? The hardest part of the body to surrender. And I read this in, I don't remember whatever commentary it was. But this was for me. I mean, y'all think it's for you, but it was for me. The hardest part of the body to surrender is the stomach. I thought that was very interesting. Where does food go? What does Satan use? So I presented my stomach. I, I took, went to him. I said, okay. I'm bringing you my stomach. And I'm bringing you my digestive tract. It's yours. Amen. And the word talks about us having strongholds in our life. And what to do about them. And I'm, I'm, sh I'm sharing you my life, okay? I was starting to develop a habit after Tom went to heaven. I was lonesome. I was really lonesome. And I began thinking at night, because I was busy during the daytime. I kept busy. But at night, I was all alone. You know exactly what I'm talking about, June. At night, I was all alone. And my mind would go bonkers, and I needed comfort. So what I would do would eat. Eat. Eat is, is a comfort thing that we do. And so I started to develop a habit of doing that at night because I was lonely. TV didn't satisfy it. I'd get up and go, go fix me something to eat. And God started dealing with me about that. So I would find something and I would eat it. But the next thing I knew, I was developing a habit of doing that every night after I ate my dinner. I always ate it early. Um, I can't think of this doctor's name that used to be in Dallas that passed away. Tom went to years and years. Whitaker, Dr. Whitaker. And I'll never forget, he told Tom, he said, never eat after 6 o'clock in the evening. And uh, he's the one that taught on the life is in the in the blood, in your blood. But anyway, so I started recognizing that. And when something becomes a habit, it can become a stronghold. So think about your habits. What are your habits? May not be what mine was, but I was developing that. And I thought, I, I can't do this. You know, I've, I've got to stop this. This is becoming a stronghold to me. And so... A stronghold is a house of thoughts. And you just start sitting there and you start thinking about this. wonder what's in the freezer. And you go and open the refrigerator door. And you go open the refrigerator door. Well, I try not to keep stuff upstairs in that freezer. But downstairs, I have all kinds of stuff because of the swimming pool. For my kids, well, Chelsea's stronger than I am was, was in that particular area. They could only have one thing. 
But when something becomes a stronghold, you don't stop with one thing. Amen? I see smiles out there. So when something becomes a habit, it can become a stronghold. And this is what I wrote down. And habit requires almost no conscious effort. <laughs> the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I was developing a food stronghold. I really was. Because that's what a habit will become. I broke it. I broke it. So this is something he said to me. Now listen to this. This will help you. This will help you. I mean, this has stuck with me like I don't know what. I told you I don't diet. He said, don't eat one more bite of anything that's not what my body needs. In other words, we're going, Kathy and I are going out to lunch today. I don't, I don't have to eat everything on that plate. He said, only eat what your body needs. That's what he was telling me. So I use a small plate now. He says, don't eat one more bite. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, uh, I'm not saying don't eat like uh, things that are not good for you. That's not what I'm talking about. He's, talk he's talking to me about, you don't need to eat all that much. Don't eat until you're so full because you're going to be saying, Whew, I wish I hadn't eaten that. And that's what he was telling me. Don't do that. Just eat what your body needs for the energy and whatever. And don't overstuff. Just that simple. <laughs> do you love me? Do y'all love me? Please say yes. Well, I tell you, when he teaches me, y'all get it. Okay. So now then, when I sit down to eat... I don't eat more than I need to eat. I just simply don't do it. Because I made a decision. And, and the neatest thing, y'all, it is, I just love the Holy Spirit. He reminds me every time I sit down to eat, I don't care if it's a salad. They're one of the most fattening things you can eat, but they put everything on there and all that dressing and stuff. But I mean, I don't care if it's a salad. Don't eat so much that I'm totally stuffed because your mind's going to tell you, well, it's just salad. Yeah, it's salad, but I'm developing the habit of not eating more than what the body needs to have in it. I'm not going to get stuffed because I can, I, I could listen to myself and say, oh, I wish I hadn't eaten that. Well, why'd you eat it? Because I was out of control. Oh, well, this is really good teaching, y'all. <laughs> so, now we're going to leave the body. Because you're tired of probably hearing about the body. But this body, listen, if we don't care this, take care of this body, we're going to leave it early. We're going to leave it early. I don't want to leave early. I really don't. But I want it I want to feel good and have a good life while I'm here. So we're going we've just got about five minutes and we may the soul. The soul is the access Satan has into your life. 
We just have to keep it. We have to keep our soul free from strife, jealousies, envies, all that kind of stuff. The hard feelings, people send things against you. The soul can become, the soul can become a breeding ground for all of these things that we allow through the ear gate, the eye gate, the mouth, what we hear, all of that. It can become a breeding ground, and we don't want those things because that could be where the healing stops. If when we allow these things into the soul, we're not going to, we'll not sin unless the soul is involved. You won't sin unless this right up here is involved. Because that's where our emotions is, it's where our mind is, it's where our thoughts is, and that's where all, sin comes from. It's what we, is the five physical sense area. So I'm going to read, uh, let's see. I'm going to read Psalms 42 in closing. I think it's Psalms 42 I want to go to. That's the one that we read earlier, so I'll, I'll just repeat it. I don't think we did read it. I don't know. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? That's uh, 42. I'm not sure if it's 11, 5 or what. And why art thou uh, disquieted in me. Hope thou in God, for I shall not. I shall yet praise Him for the help of my help of my confidence. And Psalms one hundred three. We know what that says. When it's Psalms one hundred three, this is an example of where David is taking control of his soul, and he tells it how it's going to do, how it's going to be. So you can go back and read Psalms one hundred three. Start with verse one and read all the way through there. And Proverbs 21 and 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Now I'm going to read that one again. You might want to write that down. Psalms 21 verse 23. Whoso keepeth... Pardon? I said Proverbs. It is Proverbs. I'm sorry. Thank you. Proverbs 21 verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth... And his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Amen. Praise God. And so that takes us all the way back to that first psalm that we read in 124. Where that our soul is free. It's let out of the cage. Well, you need a free soul. We need to let that, that soul out of the cage. Whatever it is that's had your soul captive that is dictating to you the wrong things, you need to start confessing that your soul is free. It's out of the cage. I'm free. I'm free as a bird from a cage. Amen.